fashion insider friends. What is up? This is the Fashion Crimes Podcast, where I cover all things fashion, style, shopping, style inspiration, and interview incredible small business owners who are changing the fashion industry for the better. Yes, I'm the best friend you never knew you needed and the poster child for fashion over 40. And I mean, way after 40. Say it with me. Fashion and style are your friends, not your enemies. I'm Holly Cates, your favorite personal stylist, and let's keep it real, the only Holly you need to know. Turn it up, because I got a lot to say, and I am super stoked you're here. Hello, everyone. What's up? What's the haps? And what's going on? My name is Holly Cates. I am your favorite personal stylist, and of course, the only Holly you need to know. What's going on, everybody? I am so excited this week. We have another designer spotlight because we love people who love the fashion crimes podcast and we are so excited to have Lindsay shani from made by keeper Lindsay, what is happening and thank you for joining the show hi holly thank you so much for having me i'm super excited to talk to you today Lindsay, thank you so much. We have gotten to know each other quite well from you being part of the Christmas holiday gift guide giveaway, which I am so grateful for. I cannot tell you how excited I am to have you. We are loving your products. Lindsay, tell us what you do and tell us how you got started because I could not do you justice. Hit it. Awesome. So I currently produce tie-dye ice dye and reverse dye clothing, hoodies, joggers, sets, dog hoodies, pretty much anything that's white and cotton, I can tie dye. <laughs> Love it. Everybody's got an idea. Everyone tells me, oh, you should do this. My my repertoire is getting bigger and bigger. Everything is made in my apartment in Harlem. I started tie dye specifically as a business in 2019 but I've been creating my entire life. I was always a kid who would take scraps of whatever and try to create something. And tie-dye was always part of that. I would take Kool-Aid. I would take avocados because in the eighties, I knew about avocados and soak t-shirts in them and stain them and create these designs that no one had. And as I grew older, it was, you know, a summertime thing because I lived with my parents and didn't want to mess up the house more than I already did with my art. Once I kind of moved off into my own, I kind of just really tapped into that. And then when COVID hit in 2020, it was perfect because it gave me something to do. It gave me a purpose outside of my job, which was, you know, at one point an office job and turned into work from home with everybody else. And it brings me joy to see people look at it and know that there's nobody else who's going to have anything like this. They're one of a kind pieces. Yes, I can duplicate or come close. I can mirror colors, but like no one is going to have that one that I just made. That is so inspiring. We love that. So let's go back for just a minute. Okay. So you're a kid. Did you grow up in Harlem? I did not. I grew up in Connecticut, Southwest Connecticut, in a town that was not fit for me. It was Mm. very upper class, very affluent. And my family just, we weren't like that. We weren't a label kind of family. My parents really instilled a lot of value in us and kind of making sure that we used what we had and didn't really live in excess. I gotcha. Very much what that town that I grew up in was about. 
So you wanted to be an artist. So you did it always start with clothing or because, you know, were you painting? Like, give us a little bit of backstory on that. Like, were you just painting and coloring everything you could or what? Everything that I could change. So it was painting everything and anything. It was using clay or other mediums to just make something my own. It started really young. You know, my mom would always be like, oh my God, I love it. Put it on the wall. So I never knew about what life was like outside of like my mom taking everything I made, which she still tries to do. (laughs) And it wasn't until, you know, I really became an adult and had a career that was not artistic at all where I was like, I need to be able to fill that void in me and, and share my art. And I put myself out there and sure enough, people were interested. And look at you now. And look at me now. And look at you now. So Jonathan and I were walking through a market and Schmutz on 72nd Street. I don't think you're at that market anymore, but we were there and I saw you and I you had someone with you and she was all decked out in tie-dye and you were decked out. I was like, oh, I, I, I need to go. What's going on here? So I introduced myself, of course, and you had dinner napkins and towels and house goods, whatever. And I just thought it was so cute and clever. So that's, you know, how the beginning of our love relationship started. And you were just so kind and welcoming to me. So I do appreciate that. And I love your product, of course. We want to know, what is your basic price point? Tell us like if you have some sweatshirts, some hoodies, tell us a basic price point. Sure. So my most popular items are individual pieces, hoodies, joggers, or um, dog hoodies, and then also custom sets. Uh, The dog hoodies are $25. People hoodies are 70 for customs and then uh, 65 for ones that I've already created. The joggers are also 70, but if you buy a set, it's 120. And I tend to throw in an extra t-shirt because who doesn't need a tie-dye t-shirt? <laughs> I mean, how hospitable of you. That's so nice. You treat your people well. You treat your people well. That's so obvious because, I mean, you do such an incredible job. And then, you know, you give a little judge. I love that. You give a little judge. Okay, Lindsay, let's talk about the history of tie-dye. So, I was doing a little bit of research here before our interview, and I was looking and I was noticing that the tie-dye t-shirt, it can go all the way back to ancient Asia because they were saying that, you know, as early as the 6th century, people were practicing type of tie-dye known as bandani. And it's not like African batik dyeing, but it kind of looks similar to that with the streaking. Mm -hmm. Do you do a different type of dyeing? So tell us the difference between the tie dyeing and the reverse dyeing and the ice dyeing. Tell us a little bit what that is. Sure. There are so many different ways to dye. There's batik, which you mentioned, which is you're melting wax and drawing with a special type of tool that mimics a pen so you can really get the detail in. And then when you dye it, the dye does not attract to wherever you put the wax. Oh, right. So it repels. Yeah. And then there's shibori, which is you're folding the fabric in a way and then you're pressing it. So it's more about the pressure that you create on the top and bottom. And then the dye is more around the sides. I do do shibori sometimes and I'm 
getting into, you know, all the other forms, but ice dye, tie dye and reverse dye are my focuses. Ice dye is exactly what it sounds like. You're using ice instead of water. So you're not mixing a liquid, which is what you use in traditional tie dye. So what you put it in ice, like a bag of ice. All of us who create ice dye have our own technique in regards to like layering things. Some people do ice and then their dye and then more ice. You know, I have my little secrets, but it's primarily you're putting ice down on the fabric after you have tied it in whatever design you want. Mm -hmm. And that's with rubber bands, right? Uh, I use rubber band. I I use and reuse because I'm all about being green. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Rubber bands or I use imitation sinew, which is a coated string. It used to be the non-imitation was made out of like intestines of animals I use the imitation fake stuff because duh. Because <laughs> duh. is duh. And that gets a really tight line. You'll get tighter ties with that than you will with rubber bands. And rubber bands break. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then with reverse dyeing, I'm taking a piece of fabric or a garment that is colored already. So it's a black hoodie. It's a blue hoodie. Oh, it's- gotcha. And then I'm tying it in a different, in the same way, but I'm not soaking it and treating it the same as a regular dye. And then I use a chemical or bleach compound that will remove the color from it. See, that's my jam right there. See, I love, I mean, as much as I love tie dye, I love the reverse dye. That shit, that is, it it almost looks like tiger stripes in a a way. So that's my favorite. I love that. So you're reducing the color instead of adding it. Awesome. One garment, if I buy, you know, five of the same one, but I use different temperature water or I do it outside on a cold day because I have to, I get different results and no result really is the same. That's so cool. I mean, watching your TikTok videos, um, she has it. Is it made by Keeper on TikTok? Yes, ma'am. It's so cool. So she does all of these treatments and she speeds it up like super fast. So you can see her process and how she does it. How long does it take to do it? My God, you must be a very patient person. How long does it take? Right before our call, I just set up some orders. I have five pieces that are now quote unquote batching. It's about patience in between. I have to wait for the ice to melt. I can speed up the process, but every garment waits 24 hours with the color on it before I rinse it to make sure that it stays and it's going to stay vibrant. From start to finish, a garment takes me like three days. I would say. Does your whole apartment smell like bleach? No, (laughs) because we do live in a small apartment and we do have dogs. I make sure I'm doing anything that's got an aroma outside away from them. I wear safety gear. Yeah, no, I try to be safe because it does, especially the reverse dye. It creates a nasty aroma. Yeah, I'm sure. So as the rise of tie dye really came through the 60s and I was reading you know, once Janis Joplin and Jerry Garcia started wearing tie-dye, like it was over. Like that was the biggest, biggest jumping point off for tie-dye. And then of course the rise back in the eighties. And then now it's back again. So the fashion cycle goes on 20 years. So people that always have something that is back in style, people say, you see it come back around again, you're too old to wear it, which I kind of do agree. But with tie-dye, It's like an everlasting, really an evergreen product that anyone of any age could wear. Do you agree? 
Totally. And I feel like the trend of tie dye is one thing, but the style of it, it's not, you know, you can still find your hippie tie dyes, your Jerry Garcia, your, you know, deadhead spiral. I look like I just came out of Woodstock, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. but there are so many variations of that. Now I do a lot of single color dyes where I'm just using, you know, say a purple, but that purple separates into other colors. So it creates these shadows and these layers that you don't get from Billy Joe on the street corner. Right. Yeah. (laughs) You know, doing a spiral, which I also do. And there's no problem with that, but it's just not the spiral hasn't changed with the times like just tie dye in general has. Okay. So now that we know the process, we know the history, we know the work that goes into it, which it sounds very tedious and time consuming, which makes it even more desirable. I mean, I'm sure, my God, you could be charging twice as much as you charge, but let's talk about the COVID work from home trends, right? We're all home. We're all working from home. Some people are going back to the office, but the world is more casual than ever. That has been really good for your business. Would you say? Yes, absolutely. Okay. So people are wearing loungewear. That is not a mystery. It's not a secret. When I take client shopping, you know, I'd like to phrase it as elevated loungewear. It's stuff that you can wear around the house and be comfortable. But if somebody rings the doorbell for (laughs) whatever reason, you're not doing a nosedive behind the couch, right? So, you know, your pieces are presentable. They don't look sloppy. They look curated. They look put together. Give us a few like trends to the tie-dye world. What is selling the best, I guess, in, in your opinion? things that coordinate, whether they coordinate with your spouse or your dog or your kid, people love to match. People love to be complementary to one another. And especially of recent in 2022, at least I've done a lot of sets and a lot of coordinating outfits. That seems to be huge. Also wearing multiple colors, multiple patterns of tie-dye. I pair hoodies and joggers that I don't actually coordinate, but the colors do go together. And I get a lot of positive feedback from that. Or like, I never thought to do that. Or I'll pair a pretty vibrant, pretty like neon hoodie with a cargo jacket that has fatigue pattern on it. And it works. I think people are too afraid to like be in all, but you know, they want to be in all black and they don't really want to stand out sometimes. And this is a way to like tip your toe into kind of being that fruit loop in a bowl full of Cheerios. <laughs> I love that. I have this thing on my, we should put that on a t-shirt. I have that on my board. It says be a sequin in the world of khaki. Ugh, I love that. Be a Fruit Loop in a bowl of Cheerios. Loving that journey for you. So, all right. So you're pairing it different ways. And speaking of pairing it, we cannot get, move forward in this conversation without talking about your Nike tennis shoes. Tell us all about that and what you're doing with that. So I love sneakers. I wish I had the space to be a sneakerhead, but we just don't. And also because of COVID, I don't leave my house. So I was looking for a way to zhuzh up a pair of Air Force Ones that I had that were mine that just needed a lift. And being the artist that I am, I just happened to have leather paint. 
And I was playing around and just kind of taping away and took out the paint and splattered the paint, took him out on the street. And I got a lot of amazing feedback. People want individualism is huge and they want to stand out. And sometimes you do it in your footwear. I think they're great. I can customize them to any color combination you want. I just did a pair of Jordans with pink, black, and grape purple, and they came out so dope. Amazing. So you only do, they have to be full leather. They can't be nylon tennis shoes, right? Or they can. I would have to just try to make sure that whatever I'm, the paint I'm using works on it. But I mean, I'm pretty sure I can do anything. So I love that. I'm pretty sure I could do anything. I love that. If I don't have it now, I'll figure it out and make it happen. If you have a pair of Air Force Ones or all leather upper sole tennis shoes, they can send them to you and you can judge them, paint them. You'll you'll give us some pictures. Yes. Of that. Okay, perfect. So that way people, the ones I saw that you had on were splatter paint and they look like they came from the store. And a lot of people paint shoes. A lot of people paint stilettos. Mm -hmm. And so this is a different way to kind of have that street cred vibe, I guess, you you know, that really goes along with the tie dye. And so that was a really nice cap, I thought, on your product line. Let's talk about the houseware. So you're doing dinner napkins. Are you doing tablecloths? Like, can you imagine going to a dinner party and seeing a tie? Like, I would love that. Like, what a cute gift that is. What other housewares do you do? So right now I do towels, body towels and beach towels and hand towels. Mm-hmm. I do bathrobes. Oh, bathrobe. Amazing. And I'm waiting for some house slippers to come in so I can play around with those kitchen towels, tea towels. And I think that's it. Here's the thing. I have done bed sheets. I have done shower. I just don't have examples of those. So again, if, if, as long as it's cotton, if someone says, Hey, I want to do they cover, I can, I can do that. So cool. I mean, how fun for a kid's room. So anybody who needs a gift, this is a great way you know, to do something different and individual. All right. Let's talk about loungewear, COVID. You're wearing, are you wearing your stuff? Are you a model for your, uh, for yourself? I mean, of course I, <laughs> I, I have, and it's really hard because everything I make, I'm like, Ooh, I would totally wear that. Right. I have limited myself to, uh, every year I take one piece of my own because I've improved or changed my style, but I try to keep my collection of my own stuff limited, but yeah. Oh, I, I mean, I wear tie dye every day. I yeah. am currently in two different forms of tie dye. <laughs> I am currently a menagerie of tie dye. Um, I, I love that. And I'm sure people expect that for you when you show up to events and oh, things yeah. like that, people are like, Oh, here she comes. Do you see yourself like, uh, you know, when you're older or is this something that you're going to continually do into your golden years or what, what do you think about that? What is the history of your line? You're just getting bigger and better, huh? I mean, that's the plan. I kind of <laughs> want to tie dye domination. <laughs> I, and I fully expect to be retired in my little art studio on the lake cranking out tie-dyes for all my old bitty friends and their grandkids. (laughs) So what, who is your competition? Do factories do this? I guess they do. They do. A lot of big box stores have tie-dye. I've gotten a lot of customers being like, Hey, can you rep, you know, do something similar? And it's an old Navy hoodie. Yeah. A lot of them are printed. So 
it's not, you know, it's definitely not handmade. It's definitely mass produced and you're going to see that same pattern, that same print on somebody else. I mean, there's tons of other makers on, on Instagram. We all it's, there's quite a community of it. Oh, wow. I actually just bought a pair of sweatpants from this company called Humbles. They are wonderful. They're a very small shop um, and they do something similar, but different. So I do try to support others, but yeah, there's a community of us. There are people out there. You just got to take the time to find it or go explore your smaller markets and your, you know, creating spaces. That's definitely a way to find other makers specifically that do what I do. Are your designs completely different? They must be. There's similarities because there's just so many ways to do it. It's not like there's proprietary about it. Mm -hmm. I did Renegade Market last year and there were a handful of other people selling dyed clothing, but we were all different. Mm -hmm. There was, you know, we were similar, but we were all different. And we were, you know, threw around ideas and let's get together and let's make sure we connect. And some of them I've talked to several times since. It's nice to have other people who you can geek out about it with. Yeah, 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 for sure. Like, for sure. Like when I meet other stylists, I love it because I love telling customer stories and and where do you go here for this and for that? Like, I only love to meet other people to collab with because it's, it only makes people, your success is my success. That's, that's the way I look at it. Not everyone feels that way, but I would imagine in the tie-dye community, my God, I can imagine how welcoming and open arms and, and friendly it must be a bunch of tie-dye people in a room. What a nice party that would be. That would be an awesome party. I would <laughs> totally go to that party. I would totally. I go would to probably that. host that party. <laughs> this has been so great, Lindsay. Tell us where we can find you and how to connect with you. Sure. So um, I do have a website, madebykeeper.com. You can find my Etsy shop at madebykeeper. I'm on Instagram and TikTok also at madebykeeper. And, you know, DM me if there's something specific. I That's how I get a lot of my custom orders. And then we'll work together and find you the right tie-dye. I love that. And especially, what are your size ranges? That's another thing. Tell us what size you go up to. So I do anything from infants and newborns up to, um, I think the biggest hoodie is 6XL. Wow. Okay. So you're very size inclusive. Oh, yeah. As a heavy person during most of my life, there's no way that I was going to not make sure that everybody could wear my stuff. Interesting. Very good. I love that you have that perspective. And it's, you know, it's important, you know, when we're talking about even the name of our podcast is fashion crimes, you know, the crime here is not wearing too much tie dye. It is not supporting women owned small businesses, especially small artists like you and other people who are doing what you're doing. My jam this year has been supporting women owned small businesses. So we love to shop small. We love creative people that are doing good in the fashion industry. Do you consider yourself a fashion person, Lindsay? Are you an (laughs) anti-fashion? No, I'm not. I'm not. I'm definitely not anti-fashion. I actually love Christian Soriano. I, I love him. Yeah. Yeah. Ish. I guess I'm in clothing. I don't know. I never really thought about it. It's the person who makes it fashion. Yes. Yes. That's correct. I just want to make people feel good. And then it's up to them to make it fashion. 
that that is a great perspective. So the clothes are there. It's what you do with it that gives yourself style is what you're saying, which I'm loving that journey. It's been so fun talking to you and hearing the process and what goes into it. And let me tell you, people, this shit is hard. Okay. Like it takes a long time to do. This is not third grade tie dye. Okay. This is like real curated, thought out, interesting, technical tie dye. This is really done in a very special way. And everything is handmade. Just like if you knit a sweater or if you sewed a garment together. I mean, this is the real deal. This is bringing it back to the bare bones of what you can be wearing and how to express your creativity and your individualism. Style is subjective, right? Just like you were saying, style is subjective. You have to make it your own. And Lindsay, thank you for helping us make it our own. I'm going to be wearing some of your pieces and I'm going to be doing some videos and showing how I style it and how I can make it edgy, how I can make it more conservative, how I can do different things with it. And that is all what it's all about. It's about creating something where you know where it came from. It's not mass produced. Your carbon footprint is super low. I just had an interview last week with a sustainable shoe brand and I was like, what is sustainable and why do we care? And she really broke it down for us about the carbon neutral factories and why this is important. And if you buy a pair of shoes, how long it takes for them to break down. Like that was really super helpful. So Lindsay, thank you for what you're doing. Thank you for making us look better. And thank you for bringing your art into the world because that's where your skill set is. Thanks. I appreciate it. And I did want to say, speaking of kind of sustainability and like what we can do, one of the things I'm rolling out this year is I'm going to have the ability to have customers send me garments. So, oh, you know, I got a stain on this shirt, but I love this shirt. Right. And work with them on giving garments new life because at the end of the day, like we, we need to protect our landfills and all of that. So if we can get a couple more years out of something just by giving it some new life, like let's do it. And people, let me tell you, you can do this with jeans and Lindsay, stop me if I'm wrong. You can do this with jeans. You can do this with sweaters, with knits. So if you have something, you can also do this. Like a lot of my customers are in the South. Let's keep it real for game day colors because teams are really huge. And so if your team is your jam, whatever, and let's just say the colors are red and white, she can do something that's just red and white. And then how cool would that be for you to stand out in the stadium? Oh, loving that journey. Loving it. So fun. I have so many gifts to buy. I can't even, I got a big order coming. So I'm excited. I know I got a big order. Lindsay, Shawnee, thank you so much. We love you. We love supporting Made by Keeper. We love supporting small women-owned small businesses. Thank you so much for your time. And thank you for your art and contributing to the world and making it a swirly tie-dye place one t-shirt at a time, one dog hoodie. Oh, and I know you said you have schmutz sizes. He's a double XL. Just saying. I do. I okay. do have schmutz sizes and I'll see you at the, <laughs> in the spring. I'll be back at the Grand Bazaar. So. Oh my God. Amazing. Thank you so much. This has been the Fashion Crimes Podcast. My name is Holly Cates. Of course, your favorite personal stylist. 
And always the only Holly you need to know. I don't like it when y'all have other Hollies. You know that. Cut the fat. I'm the only Holly you need to know. Thank you for tuning in. Be part of our Fashion Insider Bestie program where you get all exclusive content just for you, our Fashion Besties. We are so excited. Lindsay, thank you again. Made by Keeper. Check her out. This has been the Fashion Crimes Podcast and we are out.